0: Welcome to Good Neighbors, an actual play podcast using the System Monster of the Week by the amazing Mike Sands. I am not your keeper, uh, Leland Heed. Uh, this is uh, Ronnie. This is producer Ronnie. And uh, I'm here to ask a whole bunch of questions of the good neighbors who are also here. And also Leland. Everyone's here.
1: Say hi, everyone.
2: <laughs> hi everyone. Hi, everyone. Hello. Up. Hey.
1: Did we get any more Extra questions after I tweeted about it?
3: Oh, uh, we did.
0: Uh, uh, nice. So to, we got we
3: got two more today.
1: Dope.
0: Hmm. Y'all send oh, in yeah. your questions, uh, and we are here to answer them. And we got some real bangers. I'm very excited for our second uh, not annual, decidedly not annual Q&A. Um, for, now that for you're second, oh my god, has it been a year since we did the first one? It's definitely been a year well, not since the, since the Q a, but um, this little this little engine that could uh, has been going along very excited to be a part of it very excited to be part of this award-winning podcast um, I that...
4: keep forgetting that this is a purely audio medium and I start doing like happy
0: dances and stuff and then I'm like, oh wait <laughs> nobody can see me. We can <laughs> feel the vibes the vibes are very strong um thank you good neighbors for having me and thank you for uh uh bringing me back to host another q a um and and i'm gonna just i'm gonna i'm gonna hop right in uh what better place than to start but the beginning uh jackie daytona who uh is just a regular guy uh as it huh. says in the in in the uh in the shout out field um no telling whether uh they are a human and or bartender um But, Megan, a human guy. How did you find this cast? Were you all friends beforehand?
3: Uh, They were all hired to kill me and I stopped them. Now, uh, Soren and I Mm. were like best friends from high school. uh, And uh, I put out like a casting call just of people, you know, just on Facebook. uh, And I know all of these guys uh, from uh, a LARP that uh, most of us used to go to and do not anymore. Um uh and if you don't know what LARPing is, uh it's more nerdy than the thing we're doing now, which is <laughs> an actual play of a tabletop game. Uh we were most of us were pirates, actually. Uh <laughs> that's weird. Or a uh, nautical theme, let's say.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I was a pirate captain and uh when Lee uh and stuff showed up i was like oh those two people are really hot but they both hate pirates so uh i'm just going to like annoy them It was a lot of fun Uh, yeah anna your character hated my character and it was very fun role-playing with you guys (laughs) uh there was your rivalry uh soren i didn't interact with you much there um no
6: I didn't do a whole no. lot of interacting with anyone there, to be honest. No,
1: you just were, like, good vibes. Uh, <laughs> Matt's character was uh, a paladin, and I did, like, wet work for you. Yeah. Like, I would occasionally murder people for you and hide their bodies in the lake.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was great.
3: <laughs> yeah. I I was really into black sales at the time. So, I mean, still very good, but I was really into it. At the, so I kept trying to do, like you know nautical intrigue it never 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 went anywhere unfortunately (laughs) but yeah that's that's how we met and uh and when everyone responded to the casting call i did like a little questionnaire of like who's who or whatever and you know what do you have do you have this mic do you have any experience doing this and everyone here i i trust uh to to be a good storyteller so it it was a pretty easy decision honestly Thirty seconds, Lee. Thirty oh, seconds. Matt responded this like I put it on Facebook within thirty seconds of me posting it. Uh, Matt responded, "Hey, I want to be on the show," and I went, "That seems like a good idea."
2: Yeah,
1: I I remember seeing some people respond, and I was like, "Ooh, like I didn't really like get along with that person at that game, or like I don't know who some of these people are. Like I'm wondering what they'll be like." And I remember when you told me. That I made it and I asked you who the rest of the cast was, and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be dope. <laughs> uh because I, I held Anna and Sword and Matt in very high regard uh with their role playing shops. So Aww. Thank you. Was Thank very,
0: you. very fun. I didn't know any of that. That's 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 beautiful. I'm very very again, just so proud to 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 be lumped in with these these uh amazing, amazing role players. And people that that we have here before. Uh, and speaking of amazing things, what the fucks with all the lobsters? Uh, Alice, Alice, uh, Kira, and uh, Jack—they uh, both want to know what is with the lobsters, and can there be more lobsters?
6: I think or there's always room wanna... for more more lobsters. Yeah, I feel this is probably most mostly yeah, this, directed
0: saw <laughs>
6: me. I imagine. Um, I I don't know what to tell you. To be honest, it's kind of it's kind of one of those things that got a bit away from me.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can agree with that.
5: <laughs> yeah, you gave him like a king.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't really give the Josh Lord much say to in the lobster king subplot. No warning <laughs>
3: either. I want to establish.
6: Hey, hey, I had no warning either. I just it just kind of the spirit came to me and I went with it. You know, uh, you gotta. I don't know the lobster. I just remember we were talking about Cassius's backstory, and he was like from, from like a, a fishing town up north. And I just thought that the more sinister and mysterious the forces of the lobsters were, the the more more we could mine out of it. You know, yeah. I, I his backstory is that very is a much very motivated. Way to put that. Yeah, I don't know. The more his backstory is very much motivated by uh sort of lobsters and the economics around lobsters destroying his family. you know, Season We never really got into that as much. But, bad. Uh...
1: I think bad. <laughs> Season bad like... is going to be a Cthulian, uh lobster yeah. that Leah's is just going to fuck us with.
6: Yeah, I, I think that people have spoken and the people have demanded that the lobsters remain a, a through line in the Good Neighbors
3: campaign. I will not reference them once the entire campaign
2: <laughs> and then
3: at the very end... <laughs> it will fall from the sky (laughs) it won't rise from the sea like lobsters might no it'll fall from the sky
5: not to like uh try to dig too deeply into the lobster um but i actually really did end up liking lobsters as sort of this like symbol uh for cassius just because they're like um of food that was once considered kind of like trashy and like for quote mm. unquote, like, poor people and then they just become elevated through like you know falsified scarcity
6: and like yeah
5: pretend to be upper class so they're they're really just these ocean bugs but now for some reason they're fancy and i think that that just kind of fit with cassius mm. And his beat up car, and his fucked up clothes, always trying to like make a buck.
3: And then hard tell
1: outside, it's really really soft inside. (laughs) Delectable, smothered in butter. Yeah,
2: that's
1: the magic word I've been told.
3: Absolutely. So yeah, there's there's a kinship there.
5: Yeah.
3: Uh, Morbius style, the lobsters understand him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Morbius. God, that was bad. Oh boy. Uh, now
0: everybody's gonna know when this episode came out or <laughs> was recorded. Uh so that 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 takes us nicely into uh this question from Gnome. Uh Lee, what was the most off the rails, unexpected moment the players threw at you? It feels like lobsters would be pretty or lobster king that is would be pretty hard to top, but was there there's something else in there?
3: Uh yeah, uh, the lobsters. Honestly, just because they're ribbon and they don't affect the story more than <laughs> pissing me off. That's fine. <laughs> uh, the the moment that that honor goes to to Andy, because uh, James Pale was supposed to be one of the end game villains, uh, and uh, it became I, I think in to to June an undeniable thing that uh, they have to deal with this now, and so I had to like rewrite the back half of my thing here uh to make that um to to kind of move things around which is you know fine I I, I don't mind doing that at all it's just I was not expecting it because I was sitting there the whole time being like I'm sure everyone knows that James could kill everyone in the room if James wanted to uh but the the gunshot in the bar blew my mind and it was so good to end that recording session off
0: like Mm -hmm. that Mm mm-hmm yeah, Oops. even 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 editing that was was uh I did not know where everything was going either, obviously. And so like when you're when you're handed a gift like that of a of a perfect ending of an episode, you you just you just like take it and run with it, but like in the moments afterward, I was just like, "Wait, wait, wait. No what? What what did they just do?"
4: I did not sleep that entire night after that recording. I just had so much adrenaline going after hearing Andy, talk about the fact that they just fucking shot at James. (laughs) I was, I was ready to
1: do. Go ahead. I was pacing my house for the a good two hours after we recorded that. Like, uh, my uh, fiance at the time was asleep, and like it was late, and I was just like walking around the house, like picking things up and putting them down, and like the 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 feral energy was (laughs) was a lot
3: because uh james is intentionally a talker i never really expected them to have to deal with any amount of like problems because you can always i I could always write off any background issue as oh well james you know the visitor just talks their way out of it and does whatever uh or makes a deal or something but getting shot in the chest is not not really a (laughs) verbal response you have to that so I, I couldn't use one of my, like, Aww. deals I had in the tank.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to oh. uh, hop right over to a question from uh, Steve Jobs, um, who asked us to settle the debate between a friend and them. Uh, were June and James fucking?
5: I have also Ooh. wondered this, so thank you, drink. Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for jumping on that grenade,
1: because yeah. I want to know. Lee, <laughs> this is this is something you and I have not talked about. Do you want to share your two cents, and I'll share my two cents? Because sure. we've, we've never, like, compared notes about this.
3: Yeah, I, I think uh, the most important thing to me for the entirety of the game uh, was that the visitor maintained a, a, so much ambiguity. So I never actually had any big uh, problems either way with that, other than the idea of, like, oh, God, would it suck if this extraplanar creature... You know, with with a better in a, in a power dynamic, uh, but at the same time, that's super fucking evil. And if you know if that is uh, if that's the note we're trying to hit, fine by me. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I don't think I had any uh, give one way or another because uh, I never anything you you could it's one of those creatures that you could say they did anything and I'd believe it
1: um from my perspective uh i first need to say that i don't like ambiguity in like queer storytelling like that's really shitty Mm -hmm. um like there are tons of big name television shows where there are characters who are like if you squint or maybe queer maybe in a queer relationship but if you like if you're not squinting then you might not pick up on it so like june is like a gay character who has gay sex with men uh frequently um oh, yeah. the and like that is on the page like that is that is in the podcast if you listen like it's there yeah. uh the reason why i wanted their relationship with james to be a little ambiguous as to the nature of it is like it's an incredibly abusive toxic unhealthy relationship and if that's something that's triggering for you i didn't want it to be really explicit um but if uh for like a fanfic reason or if you uh you know for horny reasons if you like to kind Uh, of uh daydream about that it's there between the panels as as like a comic book reader like there's subversive stuff that writers and artists sneak into stories that if you uh, are a reader and you read between the panels, you'll see. Um, And so like that is there between the panels, in my opinion, with June and James. Uh, If someone put a gun to my head and said, we're June and James fucking, I would say yes. But if uh, that's not something you want to think about, or if that's not something you're comfortable, like in your podcast, then like, it's not there. And it's it wasn't a nature of their relationship. But uh, from my from my perspective, I think I think they were probably fucking and it was probably not very healthy. It was very bad.
3: That all sounds.
1: Also, right. like that wouldn't have been fun to like role play. Like, uh, yeah, this is this is like a collaborative game with the uh, math. Five of us. Six of us, Ronnie. Ronnie, you're in this too. Sure. Uh, like, like, Ronnie doesn't want to edit like whatever like unhealthy stuff was happening there, and like the rest of the party yeah. doesn't want to like sit there and listen. Like, this isn't, isn't the time or place for that sort of stuff, so like, yeah, like yeah. that's the other reason why it's like not super explicit, but I think it's yeah.
5: also a thing where like it, it for some listeners, could maybe dampen them being able to just enjoy James as like a fun villain you know like yeah you know like I just kind of want him to be spooky and evil and smooth talking and slender man and like that's all I need from him we're good
1: (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. so like that is that is why it's ambiguous it's not because it's a gay thing it's because it's like a fun level thing and like a safety thing for the listeners and the rest of the party and like it's sure. there if you want it to be, and it's not there if you want it to be, and that's fine by me. Uh, I would not have like brought this up if it wasn't a question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, in my... I saw that as, as our in second my opinion, question. Yeah. <laughs> was,
2: yeah.
1: I'm glad people are debating about it. Like, I'm glad it's, like, literally, it's there if you want it to be, and if, if it's not there, then it's... If you don't want it to be, then it's not there. And so the fact that two people are debating it, like... Mission accomplished. I threaded that needle. Like, cool. Yeah. Schrodinger's is one nookie. of the more uh, pornable creatures,
3: given that they have tentacles coming out of their back.
1: I've seen enough
4: hentai to know where this is going. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if you're gonna do fan art, I pictured him like Lee Pace, so, you know. There you go. <laughs> I
0: also did. I have no Love idea who that. that is. Oh,
5: Pushing daisies? Nope. Yeah.
1: I don't and, watch uh, the television and the Hobbit movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the fall. The fall. No
0: one. <laughs> yeah, Fault the fall is What 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 gets them in there? I don't know movies. To uh to take it to maybe a healthier relationship slash not actual relationship. Uh why didn't Beck and Wyetta get together? Is there a reason there or Ooh. just uh what, what what do we have there anna
5: i I kind of like considered it or considered poking Josh about it um and I like to think that after the campaign wraps up and we're you know sort of in that interim of them being adults uh, that there were definitely like dalliances like waking up together and being like, this can't happen again mm-hmm. and then it does like two <laughs> weeks later uh, but I, for me, I think it was just one of those things where I couldn't see either one of them sort of changing their minds or their positions on the (laughs) word. Like they're both like pretty heavily rooted in what they believe. And they're just so ideologically opposed that I just, I don't think it would work out. Uh, so I definitely think that they had, uh, you know some uh interactions and that there was some chemistry but it just wasn't like functioning by the end of the day but i i loved Wyetta so much she was so cool
1: <laughs> that was a good question i had wondered yeah. that as well
5: mm-hmm.
1: i
3: remember we we talked about it pretty early on
1: because
2: yeah
3: I, I, you know i just i threw in there she's not like from x backstory or anything like that okay. um and I was like, hey, is this a thing you'd like to pursue? Because I know that romance between characters can sometimes in a game be weird, especially I mean, I, I'm not as worried about it because Anna and I are dating. Uh, but uh, uh, it's it's a thing you want to check in on pretty regularly. And, and mm-hmm. in the beginning, it, it just didn't seem like that was the direction that Anna wanted to go.
5: I just didn't. I didn't like the idea of yetta who's this like badass hero member having to basically transform into like a different kind of character I guess I just liked her so much I didn't want her to have like hop sides or something and I liked them having a rivalry they were
3: pretty firmly rooted in in a more villainous angle at that time too
5: yeah but like ship it by all means please Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's great
0: (laughs) they're both very strong so that question was also asked by Jack, big fan on Twitter, shouting, shouting out that uh, they love the show. Oh yeah, Jack.
5: thank you. We how, love how,
0: you. How great could you be to shout out our show on our show? I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak a question from from Alice uh, Kyra again. Um, uh, she says, "Do you know how hype it was to hear the legend of Fion Mac Kumail, Kumail I know this is Finn McCool. Is he just? Yeah, just pronounced. That's, Finn McCool? that's just gotcha. how it's spelled. Love that. Love that for for uh, Gaelic. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, so Gaelic. cool to see that incorporated into the show. Um, I want to know Matt, Matt, and, and Lee. Like, how much it seemed like that was something that Lee kind of brought up out of nowhere to, or at least that that was something that was brought up out of nowhere to Flint. But like, what was the conversation between y'all on on? making you a literal like folk legend slash God. So when I created this character, I
4: told Lee, I wanted to be the least important person in the world. I wanted to be the least important person in the story. And I wanted to be Joe. Nobody Lee turned around and, uh, ran me through a whole story where I wound up being a hero of legend.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, plan- I think, uh, of course, uh, respect your players' wishes and stuff, uh, but I thought I'd really, I'd really needle Matt if at the at the tail end of it, <laughs> I got <gotcha! laughs> uh, and uh, I just threw something <laughs> fuck wild at you. I'm, I'm not a big fan of like the chosen playbook, but if I had to give it to anyone, I would have said Finn, if only because you, uh, Finn is such a everyone but me, everyone but me, and I was like, all right, well then, you know uh paradise rules you get the best kid um that sort of thing
0: i don't know why awesome on on twitter
1: y'all should follow her
0: yes big 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 where they may fan big where they may fan altogether. and speaking of uh where they may in general uh there's a question here uh from holly who says uh on the Patreon, which like that's a thing that people can like access and get like all kinds of bonus content from good neighbors and other Where They May Radio shows, and you can check that out at patreon.com slash WTM radio, or just access it through whereTheyMay.com if you wanted to. Uh, but anyway, on the Patreon, Andy talked about some NPCs they created, but never made it into the game. What were some other concocted characters that didn't make the cut? And I'll go ahead and include a question down here. Um, from uh, Sarah and uh, see if there's any monsters, Lee, that you wanted to get in the game but didn't make the cut.
3: In terms of monsters, I almost, I almost did a uh, like a Daisy-style zombie horde thing, and I was like, ah, I don't know how much I'm going to get out of that without ruining everything. Uh, but I I, I know uh, a lot of people have soured on zombies. I go back and forth on whether or not I like them or not. Sometimes I'm really, really, really into them, and sometimes I'm not. Um, but for the most part, every monster, as soon as I kind of got the idea, uh, it, was, it was I pretty much just kind of put it right in. Um, I usually go for what is the vibe I'm trying to curate first? You know, is it spooky or, you know, is it dangerous? Whatever. Um, or do I want there to be two of them? Something like that. And then it's pretty easy to find the the, the cultural touchstone that does that. So monsters, was, was honestly, most of them that are in there are meant to be in there from the beginning.
1: I uh, I loved your vampire from the Unaired Pilot. Oh, oh yeah! my God! I was going to break that up. He's I pretty loved,
3: good. I think about
1: him at least once a week. Uh,
3: I, Yeah, I do regret not returning that character. Uh, but uh, I loved Druncula. Yep. Loved so, in the beginning, uh, I love to do test sessions uh, just so everyone can kind of get a vibe for their own character, see if they want to change anything, but also see if their character can... Um, interact with the other ones well enough, and we can get, like, a good energy flow going. Because sometimes you make something, you put a lot of effort into it, and it doesn't, doesn't fly. And for an actual play, I, I want that, uh, that flow, you know, to kind of keep things going, keep things witty and snappy and all of that. And, and also, you know, punchy and, and meaningful here. Uh, but we had a, in the test game, the villain was a uh, vampire that stalked, like, bars and things because it got drunk off the alcohol in your blood. And it was just overall just like a cool guy. Uh other than that, like <laughs> they had they their lair was like a mausoleum that they brought a GameCube and stuff into. They invited you in for pizza and then tried to eat you. But like you gotta eat pizza first. Uh it was over it was they were they were like they were really young Vampire dude. They were like twenty-five. Uh they were just chilling. Uh
4: Anybody else have any NPCs they had in like their backstory that never made it?
5: I I think I had like a couple random people or I had better ideas of what some of Beck's family was like. Uh I had a um a crush character uh that we ended up just never doing anything with, which was fine. Uh where there was like a PJ's coffee across the street. Uh, from the YMCA, and there was like a barista that Beck thought was really cute, uh, named Su-hee. Uh, and it, there was going to be this bit of like, I just never, you know, ask her out or flirt with her, because you shouldn't flirt with people while they're working, which is absolutely true, but Beck just uses that as the eternal excuse to never make a move, because uh, I just really liked that idea specifically. <laughs>
4: uh, Flint had a fiancé uh, in my original backstory, yeah. that like I just
3: I just completely forgot about. So
5: did oh I. God! I I, I
3: I somehow replaced the fiance with uh, Hector Cole or, or Nathan Stone. I don't know how that happened, uh, but just instead of a fiance, just a best friend. Either way, the intent was the closest person to you also survived, and turns to sides. Well, in,
4: in my original write-up, the fiance. No
1: wonder we all ship Hector and Flint. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. In, in my original write-up, the fiance survived. She wasn't even around that night, but, like, she was one of the people that, just like Flint's parents, thought Flint was crazy. Yeah. So it was one of, like, the pushing moments for Flint running away. I bet I just completely forgot about it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> we totally
4: dodged that
0: key detail of your life.
2: Oh, (laughs) whoops.
1: Uh, I'll just tease what I went into on the Patreon. Uh, Between uh, June's home turf and then June's uh, ability to, like, get things and then have to roll if they, like, they owed me or if I owed them, I really filled out constants in a lot of notes just in case, like, I didn't know what I was going to need given the situation. And mm. I, I don't think I ever used home turf um which like, like that, two or three times. that's totally fun yeah it just like was mm-hmm. never super relevant um and then same thing with like the ability to get stuff i used that maybe twice because flint could make things so there wasn't mm-hmm. always a need for me to like be the one to like get the item but i had extensive notes on like june's neighborhood and then like other locations and constant's and I put that all on the Patreon and kind of like talked through it. So if you want to hear about this stuff, uh give us two bucks. Uh read it all and then unsubscribe. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not a cop.
3: <sighs> also check out Bad Monsters.
6: Uh I only really had uh JJ Halliday, but he 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 made a cameo. Uh <laughs> yeah. I, we just didn't really interact all yeah. that much in the <laughs> but I don't think he needed to, to be honest. I True. think it was um
3: I think if I roleplayed him, I would have cheapened that moment a fair bit. Yeah.
6: So. Yeah, I think it would have been hard to capture that like relationship specifically. Um,
3: Do you want to talk about him at all? Because I don't think we necessarily got into it too much.
6: Yeah, I mean he he was like the the guy who first got Cassius out of his hometown. Like he was the guy who got Cassius into grifting initially. But I had this like. Sort of subplotty thing in my head of like JJ had taken him under his wing, but only so that he could get to the prize lobsters, I think was the idea. Yep. So, 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 so once he was done, he left. And like, I think that left a really big scar on Cassius. And that's why he, he like lashed out the way he did in, in that he kind of like took that same JJ Holiday mindset and applied it to the world. Um, so he was like really important for Cassius, which is why I wanted him in that interlude. I thought it was important to have that send off, but I don't think he necessarily needed to be like a played character. Other than that, his dad, Cassius's dad, was initially supposed to be in the epilogue. I just had so much over prepared for that; like a lot of stuff fell through the cracks. Nine like, pages. It. Yeah, it was a uh, it was extensive. Um, Put but on yeah, he Patreon initially baby. I want to read it. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Go no, look. There's so many so many goodies coming up on the Patreon. Already up there. Uh yeah, so that was, those were really the only two main NPCs. His mom might have, I thought, maybe. He was a, his mom was a very small part of the backstory as it was written, but she's the only other significant real person that we had talked about. Yeah. Uh,
3: there was, a, we mentioned it once and never again. Uh, there is a mascot for the town called Skater Gator. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> and uh, never came up, but Skater Gator is just a trained, uh, like, naturally small alligator. That they put a backwards cap on, rides a skateboard, or they put it on a skateboard and it kind of scoots itself around sometimes.
1: If Uh, Good Neighbors was like a TV show once or twice,
5: if Good Neighbors was a TV show or something with a visual element, I imagine Skater Gator as sort of like a little Easter egg where like he's in every episode (laughs) and you kind of have to just find him like a Where's Waldo. (laughs) I feel like
1: Flint mentioned him, right?
3: A couple times, uh, or at least Matt did yeah. as a fuck you. I'm bringing all the allies <laughs> skater gator. Uh, and I was like, I can't in good conscience do this. Uh, <laughs> wow.
4: You're uh, the one who gave me the write up that included skater gator.
3: <laughs> I did. I did do that. Um, I also uh, I, I had more to do with like the police station in town because uh, you can get caught uh, a big part of monster of the week is the sort of you know keep everything under the table thing and obviously when you try to explain away monster stuff it looks like you're just doing crime but i i I, after like even the first game i just really didn't want to role play that like kind of real style stuff uh so i really just yanked him right out and and didn't do anything with him because it's it's just not fun uh or, or
1: just, yeah, yeah to the James Pale stuff it's the same thing it's like it's not fun to bring in that sort of like real world traumatic stuff
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so like other than like June getting arrested that one time like yeah just to show that yes they
3: are there and then we uh, off screen they got slaughtered uh, like a, a couple hours later uh, <laughs> by one of the chupacabras. But, uh, but yeah they just that kind of thing you want to And then because of that is when I thought of the bureau as being like a checkmark system of eventually they'll show up and they're a different kind of that thing.
2: Fuck cops. Yeah. Welcome.
0: Let's do some, uh, some, some rapid fire questions right here as it's kind of like an intermission. Um, Greg Z asks, how does your character take their coffee? Same way I
4: do black, except I drink like, snooty coffee and flint is like a uh, it's fistful of coffee. instant a mm-hmm. fistful of instant in some lukewarm water
5: i think beck takes it pretty sugary doesn't really want to taste the coffee part of the coffee uh. <laughs> which i find to be cowardly but
2: that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> thanks
0: thanks uh it feels a little pointed
3: I'm with Anna on this one. No, it's (laughs) gross. (laughs) You have so many options.
2: I'll take caffeine
6: pills
3: if I want to wake up.
5: It's acid that keeps you awake. Like I don't yeah.
6: Think Cassius takes it day old and Irish.
5: Nice.
2: There you go. I've lived Uh, that life.
1: I think one of the devils, probably Magpie, because Magpie is a bit of a fancy bitch, uh, got, like, really into pour over. Mm, and, um, yeah. And so, like, June has, like, surprisingly high standards when it comes to coffee. Because, <laughs> like, Magpie has, like, a whole rig in the uh, devil's clubhouse.
3: It's like those espresso machines that are so loud. And has like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: Um, I don't think you do. Pour, pour over is a bit more uh, like old school. but yeah. Is it not? something oh, fancy.
4: what do I think? Uh, pour over isn't an espresso. It, yeah. you, usually you have a goose neck spout kettle that you're pouring over a filter that like is sitting on master. top of the cup. Okay. Lots of pipes. <laughs> i look it up. Pipes and, if, like,
5: it, if it helps, hon. like we've never had it
3: you <laughs> oh, doesn't have one of those yeah no <laughs> gotcha
1: i was a barista for a long time
3: gotcha we have a coffee snob friend coffee. Who's, i just assumed
0: it was something like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: but anyways um uh jackson from portland asks what's the dream casting for the inevitable good neighbors movie uh cassius obviously has to be played by jake
4: gyllenhaal
5: just think. talking about Jake Gyllenhaal the whole
6: time. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's like like so like. A...
4: Soren needs to play Jake Gyllenhaal
6: in yeah. the after yeah. scene. Exactly. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's like Jake Gyllenhaal in like that makeup that uh, what's his name wore as the penguin. It's like oh it's like God. unrecognizable Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh. oh boy! I, I think the makeup makes him look like Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh
1: i don't know any amab non-binary actors other than ezra miller who is just like uh, a, a train wreck of a human and like just uh, someone or something uh, ezra,
4: ezra miller ruined my favorite superhero
1: oh i'm yeah. sorry about that yeah uh um, they're, they're a monster so like i i think that's important to june's casting and like Mm -hmm. if you're an afab non-binary person and you really relate to june like i that's not to like discredit like your relationship to this character but to me it's very important that they're amab non-binary that's like key to the backstory and how june interacts with their trauma um yeah, so I don't I don't have any dream casting because I don't know any actors who identify that way. Uh, but I'm sure there's an actor out there who uh, does who would kill the part. So yeah, Open get of Hollywood.
5: I I don't think I I think I just don't know. That yeah, that's characters. my problem.
4: I'm with you. I'm like <laughs> I don't I don't know who's the famous peoples.
5: I also try really hard to like personally not conjure too specific of an idea of Beck in my head. Like sometimes I start to, and then I almost as an exercise, like sit and I go, okay, now imagine five more Becks that just look different to keep them sort of like weird and ambiguous. And like, I don't know.
1: There's some buff lesbian actors out there who are killing it right now. So I mean, I I believe
5: it and they should, yeah, they should email
6: me. Uh, whatever they want. Can <laughs> <For laughs> the I propose an uh, opportunity. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I propose
6: <laughs> Willem Defoe as Flint. Oh, no! The
3: lighthouse Willem uh, Defoe.
6: Yeah. Green Goblin Willem Dafoe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you, do to that that be a- fair, I also think Robert Pattinson is like weird enough that like he could do some old man makeup and just yeah. get like <laughs> a really deranged Flint. Robert
5: Pattinson. <laughs> Twilight. Come on. Batman.
6: I've never seen that.
1: Well, the other yeah, dude of the... the lighthouse.
6: Cedric Diggory. <laughs> Batman. What else okay. has he done? Uh, he's been all over the place.
4: Maybe the dude who plays King Richard in Gallivant.
2: Oh, I love him. Okay. Oh. he would
6: be good. I, yeah, I think
2: uh, he, he would he's be a great
1: like.
5: Yeah, Timothy. Mm-hmm. Openson or something? It's very Irish. I just don't remember his name. But he's wonderful.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a delight. No.
0: <laughs> any, anyone for Chalamet in mind, Lee?
3: There's like, or any other NPCs? Uh, I only know one old Filipino actor, uh, which I also think is important. Uh, uh, and that's Lou Diamond Phillips, who I think is cool? Uh, every every time I think about any actor, I'm like, did they do something Louis terrible Diamond in recent, Phillips. or I guess any time? Uh, but as far as oh, I yeah. know, Lou Diamond Phillips is a pretty cool guy. Does a lot of charity stuff. Uh, yeah, Louis I, I, I like think they, they, they would do just fine in that in, in the role of Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Also, Chalamet doesn't require too much depth. They're super rich and Jay chilling. Uh, I guess, you know, yeah. I don't know how, how, how much we don't feel good of an actor there, but that's the only one I know of. <laughs>
5: well, we would get a lot of no names. Uh, yeah,
3: right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would basically just cycle people through and be like, are you cool? Like, say something at me. <laughs> What's the vibe?
4: You cool? Worst thing I could ever find is uh, <laughs> at one point in 2018, Lou Diamond Phillips uh, dro- got Caught driving drunk.
5: Hello.
1: <laughs> Matt with the receipts. And,
4: and then pleaded guilty and uh
0: quit drinking. Okay, that's gross.
1: Oh, huh. I'm glad he turned his life around after that wake-up call.
0: That's true, Chalamet, right there. <laughs> See, there's, oh, a, yeah. little, really there's a, a little character, character arc right there. Yeah. <laughs> um back to Jake here. For the cast. Did you did you fudge any rolls? All right,
4: I, I have a story for this one. I have never purposely fudged a dice roll. But uh, as many of you know, sometimes when you get like fancy collector's dice, they have a little symbol instead of uh, one of the numbers. Like for D6s, sometimes they'll have a little symbol for a D6. A while back, I had gotten a gift set of dice from crystalcastle.com, a special limited edition commemorative dice set. And like many of the others, one of their D6s had a symbol on it where the six should be. Now for our first two recordings, I did not realize they had the same exact symbol where the one should be, making the dice completely useless. (laughs) So I thought I was just rolling sixes like crazy on this one dice for our first two recordings.
0: That's uh, such a, what's the oof, point
4: I of
2: doof.
5: that? I've never seen that. That's I don't know. I,
4: I showed it to them on the camera. It was a Gen Con f- uh, two, 2017 yeah, on both sides.
6: Yeah. They're like, the special part of this edition is that it's useless. <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> it, one of the D6s doesn't do anything. I've That's never. Really funny
5: purposefully fudge the dice roll, but I think there's been maybe one or two moments where, you know, there are plus one forwards or minus one forwards or a bunch of different things in effect, mm-hmm. and uh, my, my stupid little monkey brain would, like, do the math wrong, and, but, like, by the time I realized it, it's like, well, we're five minutes into explaining mm-hmm. what happened, uh, so so long as it wasn't for anything death-defying, uh, I just kind of let it stand.
6: But
4: I uh, specifically needed to answer that because I've had a guilty conscious conscience <laughs> for the past, like, couple years we've been recording about that. Sorry. And you didn't tell big,
1: me. And You're <laughs> off the cast now. My big cheat was misreading Immortal and thinking it was uh, much more powerful than it was, uh, which we, uh, I think, dealt with on air. Um. I will say, I never fudged a die roll to, like, succeed. Like, Monster of the Week has luck built in, and it removes any like, temptation. Not that I think anyone here would, like, have the temptation to fudge dice rolls. Um, There have been times where I've, like, asked to roll something, and then rolled really well, and thought it would be a better storytelling device to have Mm -hmm. it not go well, and so I've, like, choosing to take hits occasionally not often but occasionally i'll be like oh actually it's better if like this spell doesn't go off like i'm then setting up like a cast member to do something or like i've been rolling really hot this whole session and like it's gonna look sus if i like roll three twelves in a row so like you like i'm gonna take a miss here Well, what if you uh, don't I've, know where I've, the six is
2: Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, so Have I've considered <laughs> a, a,
1: a few times, not not frequently, but a few times I've I've chosen to like take a hit. Uh for for story purposes. You can always mm-hmm. respect that.
2: Yeah. <sighs> uh, I feel like if Dash
0: think... just was using like the real roles the whole time, that would be disingenuous and uh, <laughs> disappointing. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
6: no i'm not i'm not that good a role player uh no i don't think i fudged any roles but a lot of the times that i was recording i was traveling so sometimes between sessions character sheets would like get reset by accident and i'd have to try to remember best i could like where my health was where the luck had gotten to and where the experience had gotten to and i always erred on the side of like i'm gonna give i'm gonna use an extra luck or give myself an extra point of damage or or one less experience um but yeah there were just a few times where between sessions the character sheet got like save reset and that was really frustrating for me just because i was like on the road a lot
1: that happened to me a bunch of times too and i wasn't even traveling so i feel you on that
5: (laughs) pencil and paper baby yeah (laughs) yeah,
6: you should do that Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> so I kept. Like, I yeah. had like five different
6: notebooks with uh, stuff. Because I'd be like, I have one notebook that got lost in some airport or whatever. You know, like, so I was like, that also analog also failed me. <laughs> I really <tried> my <laughs> best to hold myself accountable. <sighs> uh,
3: the keeper never rolls, so I never really had a problem with it. But I will uh, say that a lot of times during combat or things like that, if I know a player is really close to death. I usually think the more interesting option is to use a less damaging ability that the creature would have or, you know, environment would have or whatever. Uh, so I won't kill you, but I will instead put something you like or in, like, terrible danger or put you in a situation where someone has to save you. that usually feels more fun, in my opinion. Like, if you just kill everybody really fast, it's it's not, I don't know doesn't doesn't hit the same as that so i usually try to if i know someone's close to death i'm more inclined to do something less damaging more weird just because
2: mm.
3: you know it heightens the drama add some thing for someone else to do something like
2: that uh, if you read my
3: face bad face. monsters guide uh i talked about that <laughs> i winked at the camera
0: <laughs> <laughs> we failed it we felt the wink wink so June this is uh from Ben June you had your whole soundtrack lined up um that was was intrinsic to your narrative if the other uh if that Cassius and Flint had theme songs, what would they be
5: uh Beck's theme song is uh, man of action by Driftless Pony Club. It's just kind of loud and kind of clangy and about like. Don't worry, I got it and I got it now. Let's go and yeah. It's a it's a bop.
4: Oh, man, I really do not have a theme song prepared for Flint, but uh probably.
5: It's weird about- Science by Oingo Boingo.
4: <laughs> weird Science by Oingo Boingo is definitely a contender. <laughs> uh, Fighting Trousers by Professor Elemental. Oof. Uh, my way. Uh, fucking who sent uh Frank Sinatra? Ah, <laughs> uh,
5: that's wonderful. That's wild wow.
2: good. <laughs> that's good. Could, could I
3: also uh, posit the chain by Fleetwood Mac. this uh, you two are you and the chupacabra are like bound together till death in a way. Yeah. But, like you'll never get away from me.
4: Oh, there's a song. Oh, who's it by again? Uh, it's actually about Batman and the Joker, but it's like we are two of a kind, violent unsound of mind. You're the yin to my yang, don't you see?
3: And
5: like, I don't know v- it, but I
3: oh, hold on. Where's my <laughs> phone? It. Sing it fully and we'll shazam it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know will that you have will, it. You it. <laughs>
3: will that work? I don't know. I know. It's not important. Just sing it. <laughs>
4: We are two of a kind, violent, unsound of mind. You're the ying to my yang, can't you see? Yeah, I don't think that worked. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't even on. We (laughs) are two of a kind, violent, unsound of mind. You're the ying to my yang,
0: can't you see? Sounds like a song from Gallivant. It's not.
1: (sighs) Didn't ending pending cover gallivant?
0: I think they did. You guys did.
1: I thought Galavant I got another podcast. season.
0: Yeah, Andy got has a two seasons. Of rules. Andy, Andy likes to. Andy uh, came up with this idea for a show called Ending Pending, where we cover one-season TV shows, and then every opportunity Andy has had, Andy has said, hey, what about not that format? What about fuck that? Uh, <laughs> can we do something different?
1: That Andy sounds like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle of Sound, Joker's song.
4: Ooh.
1: Soren, you had so much time yeah. now. You better have it.
6: I, I, I'm lost. I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of
1: hurt by John. I've Trench. like, I've
6: been. Also, Did any any, any suggestions? For... Never heard it.
5: Margaritaville. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boat
6: drinks. I was thinking maybe boat, like, okay, uh, boat drinks. I think maybe like uh the gambler or something would be good. No,
2: no. rock no. lobster. Exactly. That's where I Thank was gonna you. go. With that. Oh yeah, <laughs>
3: it's not a bad song. <laughs> I like it.
6: <laughs> What's it's like I feel like there are those like old drinking songs that are like just about a dude who like goes just wanders around and things like happen to him, where he's like, I went down to the dock and like. The old man said to me like it's one of those kinds of songs I feel like would be like old old Irish drinking songs I think would fit Cassius's. Piano man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a song called Right Place Wrong Time uh, by I think Dr. Cat something or Dr. Something. Uh, Here I'll find the the full name. But it's like just funky and I, I think it fits Cassius's vibe. Right Place Wrong Time by there's dr john
5: there's, there's also a great song called uh it's by gaelic storm so it kind of has that irish drinking energy but it's mm. called uh don't let the truth get in the way of a good story hey, uh, I like and that. it's just it's just a person making wild claims about all the crazy things that they've done
6: <laughs> i love it that's perfect either of those work very solid. <laughs> all
1: right you guys should have uh, made playlists I, I
4: have a playlist for one of my next character ideas,
0: and oh, it's all good. go go bordello. Another question here from uh, from Alice: uh, Is there any monster hornier than the hodag? Oh fuck, Liam, <laughs> <laughs> that mean you directly?
5: Uh... <laughs> Does "horny" mean that like the monster is like sexually inclined, or that they they? others become sexual around them
0: They exude sexual energy um Uh, almost secrete it if you will
3: i i uh am kind of decidedly not a monster fucker i'm so sorry (laughs) and i'm sure that might surprise some people um so i never really think of them in that way um
2: I would have guessed,
3: I, I yeah.
5: I would have guessed the Baron.
3: Oh well, yeah, they're, they're they're pretty. They look, I mean, when they what they present is pretty yeah. humanoid. Um, but absolutely, they would probably have a ton of sex if they felt like it, uh, if they were bored.
1: The, the Baron strikes me as pervy, not necessarily horny. I was gonna say yeah. the
0: exact same thing, Andy. Yeah. they just yeah. have
5: that very lugubrious sort of pervert voice. So mm-hmm. they're up to something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I fucking uh, hate the Baron. <laughs> I Jeez. love. Him. I loved the Baron. Oh, uh... <laughs> yeah. that was that was Mandis. a character <laughs> that came from a role. Yeah, that came yeah, out a, a of something. Role. Yeah. You,
3: uh, you, you. I remember that you wrote like a bunch of characters just like on the thing you fill out on the sheet for the crooked. Mm-hmm. Uh and I asked any details about the Baron, and you said roll with it or something like that, something very loose. And I was like, all right, they're gonna go
1: nuts. <laughs> I just thought it was a cool name.
3: <laughs> yeah.
6: I think one time when you were describing them, you just described him eating a lot of sausages. So after that, I just, every time I you had him in the scene, I just imagined <laughs> that he was still he
0: eating sausages. He's snacky. Sausage? Yeah.
6: <laughs> He's got like a, a shirt
0: pocket with
2: sausages. Yeah. He just, yeah. he
1: just mm, A cured meat pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Dude,
2: just I have them just them always together, together, like a picture of him with greasy lips. Just, just
1: like I them
4: have them ideas spaghetti. for future job interviews. <laughs> a cured meat pocket. <laughs>
0: Sure,
3: so you're not there. <laughs> oh gosh,
0: um, <laughs> are you sure? There's conversation start. Do
6: to get this job, slides over a sausage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, like sliced oh, salami. What
3: am I saying uh, Nils? Nils is the horniest. Mm. Uh,
2: because
3: uh, yeah. they can produce whatever you need. because uh, <laughs> they, they don't they don't only have to change it to humans. Uh, they aren't as good at it but Nils can can add, like, monster parts if they've seen them uh, and
1: interacted with them in a meaningful way. Nils and June had one weird night that they never talked about. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> they they walked out and they went,
3: we're different now. <laughs> they laughed. Here's, Where, here's <laughs> the question. Was it pre-getting
4: tentacles or post-getting tentacles?
1: Oh, I'm thinking, like, the end, at, like, post-final episode. Like... Yes! <laughs> Kind of in the middle of June's kind of like weird depression spiral post the end, and like then they started rebounding and getting their shit together.
3: Accepting themselves as a monster, yeah. Best way, to, best way to do that, fuck one.
0: Real <laughs> doppelbanger banger, if you will. Stop.
5: Hey, oh fuck. Episode
2: name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I have have, have Jeez, to toss this episode. question from uh, from trans artists of the day. Uh, trans artists of the day is Great on twitter check them out um if your character was locked in a room for an hour with and the only thing in the room was a button that would lightly shock them how long until your character hit the button how long until they hit it again
1: so june would hit it rapidly twice like very quickly like pretty much as soon as they are got in the room they'd go tap tap uh get shocked twice and then they would pace a lot they would like stare at the button a lot they would try and do some magic to figure out what the button was and then they'd go up and touch it twice again
4: all right so if, if i'm being kept alive in here and they're all watching that means somebody's watching me and they know i'm in here and they want something for me which means they don't want me to die so if i just keep hitting this button over and over again they're gonna open that door and come and get me
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Hold it down as long as you can.
5: <laughs> I I think it would take Beck maybe like five minutes or so, like would exhaust other options of trying to get out of the room and then it'd be like, oh, maybe it's a trick and would like try it and it would zap them and then they'd be like, well, no, I'm not doing this, uh, which I thought was going to be kind of a <laughs> embarrassing answer and then I heard that apparently (laughs) (laughs) Matt is just gonna (laughs) a thousand times
4: (laughs) just clicking it faster than it can
6: fucking register (laughs) Uh, I think Cassius would wait like an hour just to be contrary just to be like you know what I see what you want and I'm not gonna play your stupid game and then I think he'd press it once and get shocked and get mad at it, and then try to punch it, and then get shocked and get <laughs> mad at it. <laughs> and, and kind of get stuck in a cycle of that for a little bit uh, before, before he like argued with himself for a minute and be like, "There's no way, there's no way that you know, it's the same thing's gonna happen again." And like a minute later, he would try again. It would kind of it's continue. Like deranged that for a
1: question. While. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I <laughs> really ain't telling
2: though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um Tran- trans Transars of the Day redeems themselves from that deranged question by uh shouting out uh a prison abolition project called the LGBT Books to Prisoners program that sends books requested by incarcerated queer people. Uh and you can check that out at LGBT book books to prisoners dot org. I'll put that I'll put that link in the description for sure.
2: Hell yeah, uh, that's big, awesome. Big thanks awesome. to Trans Rs of
0: the Day. Big fan yeah, of the network. Um. This is just. Uh, I, I I'm calling out this person, shout out, and they we'll come back to their question. This is from uh, anonymous, not as in don't reveal my identity, but as in the hacker group. Um, oh, so kind. Yeah. <laughs> you
3: as a unit watch our show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they all sit around in their little guy fox masks, yeah. and
6: they say, "Great podcast." <laughs> <laughs> but they they all listen off of one phone so we only get the one
1: i I love our fans so um
6: (laughs) the
0: anonymous collective by that (laughs) the anonymous collective shouted out uh whoever does your cool little sound effects and music stuff is rad as fuck seriously the next level
5: yeah they Um, are that's me
0: i do i do that uh thank you very much um and I'll and I'll uh, uh switch over to a question from uh, from Jake that says, "Producer Ronnie, did you have a favorite sound effect? Uh, do you have a favorite bit of flavor you added to the scene?" Um, I loved any time I could do like a magic type thing. Um, there were some fun moments like when uh June somebody broke their arm. I think it was June, and like I was able to like. Sometimes arm break on the the music libraries, the sound libraries, just doesn't give you the effect. But sometimes if you slow down a uh, child crunching apple, uh, it, can, it can give you the effect that you definitely want. And so sometimes you have to be a little sadistic oh. like that. Oh, that's um, really cool. That's so <laughs> I didn't know I got that specific. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Does it have to be uh, a child's? Yeah. Yeah, I, an adult just like really like gets into it quickly a child you really have to like stretch, all stretch all the out the jaw. it's not what my the fuck child I, I didn't make the sound
1: like, <laughs> going over um, here baby like eat this, apple, crunch it. eat this apple
0: crunch it um yeah there was a lot of a lot of playing with existing sounds and stretching them out and and crushing them and and so much of the Baron in that, and that arc of just like really augmenting that voice and, and then like kind of Lee entering like a, a somewhat meta uh, place joking with the players, but still in the, in the Baron voice, but it was in like that kind of like augmented uh weird way. Um, I would say that the, the, my, the thing I'm most proud of was any of the sound effects that were in the, um, in the Statue of Liberty in that arc, mm. um, the echoes just really. I was able to yeah. nail that down really well. And so the, the, the 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 scary monkeys that were in there also very good. <laughs> um, and the other one that was like it, it was one of the first ones I had built and it was one of the ones that I was like able to reuse. Thankfully, was the vacuum was the the ghost. Yeah. Vacuum um that was like several different sounds kind of all layered on top of each other to give like the effect of like it's magic but also sci-fi but also just a regular fucking vacuum and like um yeah that was that was one of the first ones that i really like crafted uh that came back around and i got to like the only thing there is like going like going back into my archives and being like I think it was episode twenty two where this happened let me see if I can copy and paste all of these mp3s and bring them over here um that's the that's the the deep background stuff uh but those those are the fun things to do
1: so many good ones
0: i, I would like to
3: put forward the uh when the clutch died and you uh yeah mine for this first time and as a chorus it responded that 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 effect oh, that you put on there it was so, so, so choice. It was bone chilling.
0: Had a lot of fun. I, I there there are so many moments where it's like I will mark the file and be like, this is something I'm going to mark, but maybe I just will skip this. And then I get to it, and it's like I'm going to go overboard. I'm going to go overboard on this stupid sound effect, and it's going to be worth it. But Jiminy Crickets, um, it's a ton of fun. It's it's it is my favorite part of of kind of. Uh, Putting it all together, um, it. Uh, I like the I cell
2: think... phone. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. yeah.
0: Simple da, da, but effective.
6: Da, 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 They're watching me. Both uh,
0: Beck's is. cell phone and I'm very glad that some of you decided not to have cell phones because it saved me from uh, those.
2: Those,
0: <laughs> I, those I actually like. Bring up like a MIDI uh, keyboard uh, online and like oh. I I. I because because it's like, can we play? Someone's watching me. Like, is that cop- if I if I just make if I just like tap out the music myself? We can. And so for that, and for the uh, Mario, Zelda mashup <laughs> for for Beck, uh, those are both like done by me. So I was like, very. Let's let's keep the cell phone use to a minimum in the next hour, <laughs> folks. No, um, no it's always know. great. It's always fun.
6: Yeah, all of our. All of our recording ringtones for the next one are public domain. Yeah <laughs> how
1: did how did you do uh, a good song never dies? How did you sneak that in?
0: So I none none of the none of the um, the music that June that you picked up was music that like was like it wasn't the music. Those were not the songs. Um, okay. I uh, I for everyone that was there, I just like. Uh, listened to it all the way through and tried to get the vibe and then just found royalty free music that fit the vibe um, to give it like that, that effect. Because also if you like play the like lyric music or even just like the music, that's uh, uh, obviously we have copyright stuff, but if you play the lyric music, it's just going to start to take away from what you're saying in the scene.
2: Um, And
0: so I wanted something that was like intentionally Underscoring was written to be like uh, emphasizing what is actually happening, as opposed to something that would like pull us out of the right. action. Um, despite it being like, a little not not as integritous,
1: I caught that with like all of it, but I guess because the like Walkman is broken and you distorted it more. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh damn, Ronnie got a good song never dies for the <laughs> finale. That's dope. Yeah, but, reach out no, to the label, really cool. you know. <laughs>
3: Wouldn't that be nice?
0: Mm-hmm. Good buzz. Good buzz. Let's let's talk about uh the you know the end of this era, the end of this season. Um there's a, a ton of questions um about how everyone ended up at their epilogue. How how did the 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 characters wrap up their story? How did how did you, the players, decide where to um you know draw those lines in the sand? um now i'll just i'll just go along like uh that anonymous collective uh were you surprised about where your character ended up how did you decide on where to take the epilogues was there anything unexpected um what was your favorite moment of the epilogues like just let's let's talk on that as we uh as we close the book on 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 these 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 good good friends
1: Um, I'll go, uh, June was supposed to be a villain and was supposed to die. And, um, that didn't happen. Uh, June's like really like getting super upset and freaking out when like confronted in that scene by, uh, like Beck and Flint and Cassius before they go to the bar and stuff. And then before they confront James, uh, I was freaking out because I was like, all of my plans are unfolding for this character, and like, this isn't what I wanted, and this isn't where they were supposed to go, and like, now I'm thinking on my feet and scrambling, and that was June also's like emotional state there, because uh, June liked these new friends, but it was all coming apart. Um, so that's where June was supposed to go. Uh, it took me a long time after the finale to figure out my epilogue because. I knew what I wanted for June at that point. Like I liked the idea of this character is supposed to die. So now they're immortal. And now they're like this cryptid like creature, like they've become a legend. But um, I did not know how to have a character who used to be, and is still kind of like a devout anarchist who is now immortal and can teleport. And uh, thinks it's the morally right thing to do to start killing billionaires. Like, how do I not have June teleporting billionaires to an island and hunting them for sport? Uh, And uh, I knew that we were going to do a campaign, too. And it would be kind of world breaking if like (laughs) June was rounding up uh, fucking megachurch pastors and politicians and like. CEOs and like transporting them to an island and then hunting them for sport. Uh, So I needed an excuse for why they weren't doing that and landing on the like, well, June like ripped a bunch of people apart and ate them in the finale. So that's gotta be kind of traumatizing. And uh, this idea that like the seed of James is still in there. And if they continue like killing and fighting, James will get more powerful and take over. Uh, so that's how I landed there. But it, it was literally like two weeks of like, how do I not break Lee's world by having June most dangerous gaming, <laughs> like homophobic people in power and like corrupt people in power and super rich people. So uh, it took me a while. Look, we got saying... There.
4: Just saying I don't think that's world breaking, I think that's world
3: building. <laughs> I, yeah, we just had to the, make a new purge style episode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, like the problem then is like just the reality is too different. Like that's always the problem with like modern fantasy is like how do you keep it still how do how does it still feel like our world, but like the magic is secret? And like June would have no compunctions, I think, for the most part, of like being like, uh, well uh, Howard Schultz, like you've just been transported to an island, stop union busting. Um, so and that was like a joke. I'm not actually going to transport Howard Schultz to an island for union busting yeah. and hunt him in,
6: in case, uh, I was, in case, would, in if in that, case that, that happens more. in the real world, in case he mysteriously vanishes. Not doing it, promise. guys.
2: Yeah.
1: We can't have an investigation into our show,
6: yeah.
1: <laughs> It's illegal to, to say my you wanna, it's illegal to say that you want to kill the president with a mortar launcher. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like I was worried about breaking the world and uh trying to find a like a loophole of like, well, why doesn't Superman kill Lex Luthor? Like the reason was uh the, the trauma of the finale, and like that's how I kind of landed on that for the epilogue from June. I
5: I don't think i I mean, I think that Beck's epilogue is fairly simple and I'm good with that because I think I did want her to be able to get to a certain point where she can, uh, you know, kind of just have a break. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I like it when uh, heroes and people who have been through a lot of traumatic incidents and really give it their all do get to have peace one day. And I think it's something that, like, we had already kind of touched upon with Chalamet's husband, who, you know, had made the decision to just never stop fighting the fight. Yeah.
2: Uh,
5: but, uh, yeah. So, you know, I wanted her to to keep doing the cult thing for a while, but then slowly give it up. And I think I've always just liked the idea of, like, transitioning PCs into NPCs. So mm-hmm. I like the idea of her ending up stationary and having some magical resources and being someone who maybe like different heroes could go to for help. I just really liked that, that energy and she lives in a coastal place just because I fucking love coastal towns and islands and stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I really loved Bex a mm-hmm. uh, little conclusion that the idea of like living in a beacon like is fucking beautiful and yeah. uh, i like that there's quite a few pieces on the board for these characters to be npcs in our listeners games or uh in the future for Lee.
3: Oh, i'm raising my eyebrows i keep forgetting we're in audio format <laughs> <laughs> uh.
6: um you first Okay, uh, I think for Cassius, I wanted to give him a happy ending. um but it just felt like i don't th- I didn't think that I could get to a happy ending with him without him like actually reckoning with the things that he had done. Like, I think so much of his sort of arc was like finally stopping running away from his past and stuff that it just felt like I couldn't get him to a point where he could let that go without him actually like confronting it and being, you know, and paying for it. I think he tried to redeem himself through his actions here. I just don't think that that was, like, enough for him to move on without, like, fully going to jail for it and reckoning with, like, the literal and sort of metaphorical ghosts of his past. But I did want him to have that sort of, like, found community at the end. So that's why I wanted to give him that, like, uh, production company style sort of, like, safe haven um, where he could still be, like, friends with people and involved in the things that he's that, that he's become involved in that kind of like saved him i think but without being such like a i don't think he was ever like an action hero kind of character i think it was always the most natural thing for him to become more of like a caretaker mentor
1: Um, how did you land on i'm gonna ask cassius a question how did you land on him like getting into flint's books
6: the first idea came when I was like looking at what I might want to uh, level up into, and I saw that Spooky got the ability to get a lore library, and that Flint's um, or Safe Haven or whatever it was from that, that Flint had with the uh, uh, thing. So I was like, it, I could literally do it in the mechanics of the game. It was when I fir- where I first got the idea. Then I started thinking about like, well, what what literally would happen logically to that place after? You know, Flint died, and like after, um, the ghost would have to move on. And it just felt like, you know, it, to sort of leave it and let it become overgrown or taken over by someone else felt like it was sort of disrespectful, almost to like the memory of Flint. So it just felt like it would. Someone had to take it over, you know.
2: Uh. Hmm.
4: Uh I was personally very happy when I found out that you were taking it over. I'll say that much. Uh Also, I did not have a epilogue in mind. I knew Flint was going to die and that was the end of it. Uh initially I wanted to actually work with Lee and f- and figure out what his like lasting effects with NPCs were. Uh and maybe have Lee read an epilogue in my stead, but unfortunately I wound up going through a real life emergency. My fiance got stuck in another country and stuff, and I just didn't have the time to work it out the way I wanted to. Uh, However, uh, Andy and Lee uh, helped facilitate something that I was very excited about, which was the uh, Marvel movie after credits scene (laughs) of June finding the next reincarnation of Finn McCool, and that child immediately recognizing one of their best friends i
0: that love that really that cool.
3: maybe maybe applies that Finn mccool didn't have any big friends before that because uh, that just the ability to like remember someone from that point forward uh well I, the only case I, that if that you happened. have to
1: imagine there's time between the reincarnations and then like Geography June's immortal, yeah,
2: so
6: like yeah. June is not
2: aging yeah. or changing? Yeah.
4: Exactly.
2: Yeah.
3: Good for you, Finn McCool.
4: <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> Kicking my ass in Shin Megami Tensai. That's where Finn McCool is.
2: <laughs> Still I... salty
0: about that boss fight. <clears throat> I, I think that the the epilogue episode was kind of like such a a blur for me uh, as I was editing it. It just, you know, wanted it was, it was a situation of getting, getting audio out. And also this is the last thing. So maybe I was dissociating a little bit with, uh, with having to say goodbye to all these characters that I've been like facilitating in a, in a kind of like parasocial way, almost strangely. Um, but, but reflecting back on it, hearing everyone here talk about that, just like that, what a fucking banger! Like so, so good, so well thought out. Even where things had to be compromised, it just it just ended up so perfect. Like, just not want to be the audience surrogate here and commend you all for just like some some tremendous storytelling.
2: Thank you, thank
1: you. it was really fun.
0: Um, and then uh, one from from Sarah. Um, uh, all that in mind, Lee, how did you know? You were ready to end this story.
3: Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer, and I, I said this from the, the get go that uh, the story will have an end. It's it's you know, I've seen so many things I love just run on and run on uh, and just kind of get bad. Um, so I, I whenever when starting, I knew like it's so important. This has to also just because um, Monster of the Week, if you let it go on too long, every character is godly. Uh, and it, it just doesn't work anymore. Like, the danger kind of goes away, in some sense. Or you have to raise the stakes so high it doesn't matter, it doesn't feel real. Um, but I, I knew the end was kind of approaching. Uh, as soon as the uh, the uh, James Pale shot in the chest scene happened, I was like, ah, okay, I got to, uh, you know, move the time scale a little bit, because ostensibly everybody who is on the bad guy side knows, oh, shit. They're actually coming to kill us. I have to start now. Um, they all kind of understood, felt before, like oh, you know, they're little time heroes. They happen all the time. We keep them at bay. We send them little crap so that they kind of do their own thing or maybe die. Uh, but it's like, no, they're going for the head. Honchos, now we have to move. We have to do our thing now. Uh, which is also why they're uh, the beacons thing at the end. They didn't. They were. They thought they had so much time. So that's why, otherwise, they would have not had to have fended off the mass at all. But that was the thing they had to to work with to, like, not die in the middle of it. And it made them vulnerable. So, yeah.
1: Whoops.
0: (laughs) I love it.
2: That's Harry Games. (laughs) Um,
0: And now on to uh, all the speculation, all the rumors Uh, you've been seeing in the tabloids. Uh, season 2 of, of Good Neighbors. Adam Bovi, that's at SplitTheAdam on Twitter. Um, that's such you... a good name.
1: Yeah. What's up, Adam? Yeah. Hi, Adam.
0: You said this will be the last time we see the OG Good Neighbors, but will Campaign 2 take place in the same world? Uh, and will we get any references to Campaign 1, even if it's as small as Andy's shout-out to A horror borealis in the first episode? Lots of questions like this about you know w- will it be monster of the week in the next season um you know will you be bringing anything back what 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 are we comfortable saying or or talking about uh season 2 as we uh as we begin to to fully close the book here
3: uh yeah i do i do plan on using monster of the week uh, it's just such a good format for actual plays <laughs> I've I've listened to a bunch of other different systems and they don't always flow as well. I've been in some AP stuff where uh it not where it's it's not Monster of the Week or something similar and it doesn't have the right vibe or at least not the vibe that I enjoy. Uh, so absolutely Monster of the Week uh, season two. Uh, I feel like if you're cool with it, it's it's the intent is to have it be a bit more of like an on the road style feel. No central town is like. Uh, road trip across America, solving all the problems, all that sort of thing. A little bit slower pace, a little bit lower stakes uh, on, on some ends there. Um, so it can get a little bit weirder without it being so, you know, you have to do this thing now all the time. And uh, as far as, like, references to the characters, probably, right? Because it seems important now. Uh, they're, they're big players in the universe. Uh, maybe, like, one of Cassius's movies or, like, someone was trained by the bulwark or something like that be great um i mean do you guys uh, have anything that you want to include in turn four next campaign or any hints you want to talk about your characters because i think most of us have a decent idea of
5: this one. uh there will be lobsters Fuck. don't worry I'll take
3: it back <laughs>
2: there
5: should be lobsters new there cast will lobsters. there will be lobsters
3: there'll be new actors
1: <laughs> i have I about say some stuff go for it i i included lots of references to lots of things with june and that's just like part of my like jokey like how i joke and that's also like kind of how i think in terms of stories with role-playing um so like the shout out to uh ahb was because i got to voice big billy and that I would not have done good neighbors if I hadn't have been on party of one with Jeff Stormer. Uh, and if I hadn't had the opportunity to voice big Billy on uh, AHB side stories. So like I included those like little references, Easter eggs, because that like meant something to me and I, I wouldn't have like done this if I hadn't done those things first. So um, I suspect that there will be many references to campaign one, uh I can say the playbook I'm playing is that cool. Am I allowed to say that?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh
1: I'm going to be playing the mundane and um hmm. uh just like with June where I was trying to uh take things I hated in other storytelling and tell like challenge myself and do it in such a way that I thought was like cool and fun. I'm doing the same thing with this character. I think Andy was the first
3: person. Get me their idea too, uh, so I have a lot of stuff. I have more stuff ready yeah. for that than anything else.
1: This talking about AHB, uh, this was my self-insert OC into AHB. Uh, I was like, just a, before I had gotten to work on it, I was just a fan of that show, and I was friends with some of the people on it, and I made a self-insert OC, and uh, I've taken that and tweaked it quite a bit, and that's going to be my campaign two character. <laughs>
6: nice very cool i i I am just very excited because i feel as though for a lot of this campaign lee had to bend over backwards (laughs) to justify why anything i said worked on anyone and next (laughs) campaign my my character is gonna be so low charm and so low intelligence i'm just excited for lee to finally be able to punish me
0: I'll be excited to breathe.
3: Is what
4: I'll
2: be yeah. able to do. <laughs> mm.
6: S-
4: I have got characteritis where I've I've given the group three character concepts and asked for their opinion, and now I've thrown all three of those character concepts out, and I have three more to bring to you guys. That it's- oh, <laughs> no uh, uh, bastard. I think
2: I have
5: the. To- the loosest character concept at this point, uh, but I, yeah, I think uh, while playing Beck as someone who is like a, a a kind-hearted optimist was honestly probably weirdly therapeutic during you know much of uh, the COVID times. I'm ready to get back into my wheelhouse of playing uh, very snarky and uh, bitter characters. So that's going to be fun.
3: In all of our other games, Anna always plays the evil character. Uh, Yep. Without a doubt, always gets there. We could just all play evil characters and have a full (laughs) evil campaign. Everyone's the monstrous. (laughs) We destroy America.
0: Seems fine
1: yeah time for a do-over anyway <laughs> so
0: we are the heroes <laughs> it's just june it's just june eating eating billionaires on an island
5: <laughs> on their island
0: a <laughs> twist that's what the new campaign is about yeah we're each You're... playing a billionaire <laughs> <laughs> yeah. an
2: island.
5: <laughs> that's... <you> <laughs> i i would love like a one-page rpg you know very simple you roll 2d6 two, two, where the premise
1: is hunting
5: billionaires for sport that'd be amazing
1: <laughs> maybe i'll publish the original june epilogue that i had worked on uh, somewhere. Great. that was just very dark
4: patreon patreon
3: and i'll make a one page for will we play the billionaires running away or the, the moss is eating him
5: Hey, I'm just I just pitch the ideas. I
1: don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't go much I, I further think if we than each that. write a horrific billionaire. Uh and I'll GM it. Hell and yeah. I'll be and, uh, it, this 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 ends badly for all of you, I get to Yeah,
4: I, I think this would be a really cool play-to-lose game. We're we're playing the billionaires <laughs> it, with the intent uh, of we're going to die horribly and hilarious hilariously.
5: It's like you have to to survive the longest, but you you go in understanding that you have to die spectacularly.
3: I can't wait to walk in and be like, uh, okay, I buy this. You're on an island. There's no one to buy stuff from. But I, where, I throw money at it. I can't. How do I? <laughs> money is my only solution <laughs> to problems. I have no
6: marketable skills. <laughs> I
0: threw a gold bar at you.
2: <laughs>
0: I carry those for, to show how rich I am. Can I buy my stock back from the monster at an increased
1: <laughs> profit? It's a bear market, baby. <laughs> um, Roar. Lee, do you have any questions for the cast? Because you've asked me questions and I've refused to answer them.
3: Oh, goodness. Um, how dare you do this to me?
1: Put you on the spot? Yeah. Uh,.
3: uh I guess uh, a thing I would like to know because I would like to repeat it or at least try to use it for future games because I I never don't always uh, discuss my mechanical stylings uh, is um, like format wise was there any episode that kind of hit you as being like this is a good way to run a game
4: the end Uh, of the train arc for me, when everybody seemed to be squaring off all in different places against all these problems that just kind of coalesced. It almost felt like a, a episode of cowboy bebop practically. And I just found it to be such incredible storytelling on your part that you were able to make that feel genuine and like, we, it was one oh, of the no. first times that we had all of the music and stuff. And what so oh, no. I just realized I asked you all to give me props. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, like giving, that. I am giving <laughs> you props here. Because like, I could genuinely envision like when I was listening to it. It was honestly when I felt this podcast had fine. Like, I, it was the we made it moment
2: <laughs> for yeah. me
4: was was the end of the train arc. With first... f- fucking Beck and Wyatt fighting on the roof and stuff. It was, all of it was just...
3: It, it definitely had everyone in their exact element in that scene, or set of scenes. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is so funny, funny. funny to me, because uh, I... The train arc is my least favorite arc. Um, and, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing... The, the Train Arc, but, like, if I were to rank them, which I've done, Train Arc is at the bottom for me. But I constantly <laughs> hear from people that the Train Arc is one of their favorites. Uh, for me, that moment was the Haunted Motel. I thought the Haunted Motel was. like That when we was my least favorite.
0: <laughs>
6: really? Well, I, I love the motel.
1: The motel yeah. was amazing.
5: But I think, also, it's one of those, recording the motel was really good. I think we just... Mm-hmm. We, we lucked out on scheduling and we were able to record it instead of like a bunch of shorter sessions. We had like two or three just really long ones. Yeah. Uh, so it just really felt like we were in it the whole time. So that was great. Um, I think uh, because Monster of the Week is so open-ended uh, that I think stuff like the Haunted Motel and the train are both like really strong arenas or environments because they're kind of closed off and i think that that helps um they're
1: they're also iconic like it's iconic Mm -hmm. when a show does a haunted motel it's iconic when there's a train heist kind of thing so
5: and then we finally got our dungeon crawl with the baron going through his house i i loved that uh that was amazing
4: (laughs) (laughs) I liked how flippant we had gotten at that point. Like, yeah. we were so worried about everyone else that by the time we got to the Baron, we were just like, fuck you, man. We killed James Pale. We're well, about to fight God. Why are you
3: even in our way? Even
4: yeah, that, though they were like a huge, I'm sorry, I keep rambling.
3: Did. Uh, that meme of uh, "fuck you, Dracula, where's my fucking money" or whatever that someone <laughs> right here is dead on the energy that everyone carried into the parents' house.
1: That was so funny. <laughs>
2: um,
1: for I me, I really liked... Lee... Oh, you go Cassius. or sorry, I was, you're just, not Cassius, I re- I was sorry. just
6: gonna say, I really liked that table flipping mechanic that we used in the last one. I thought it just cut down on a lot of like the most boring part of I think a lot of D and D sessions to listen to. Is when they do four and a half hours of planning, only for the plan to immediately fall apart. And I think that giving us the ability to just like plan as we went narratively just made it so much smoother and more interesting to listen to than like mm-hmm. having to listen to three hours of speculation about stuff that never ends up actually yeah. happening. I stole um, that.
1: Yeah. From- totally agree. Yeah. <sighs> uh,
3: who'd you grab it from? Because I know I've heard it in NadPod. I I hadn't watched that I I stole it from a home game uh, run by uh, Anna's brother, ah. where uh, it was the finale, and I was uh, we would do a back and forth heist thing, uh, and it it just I remember thinking like, hell yeah, I I'm I'm a like a ruthless planner, so I I know that if if I had the opportunity, I would sit there for like hours trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh so not having to do that and kind of having the license to not have to do that. Which is very helpful. So I was like, got it, got to use it again.
6: And I think just like with so much of this game, I think it worked partially just because there's such a strong failing forward system yeah. where like even if you give the players the ability to have this like almost like foresight, it's still in our best interest not to like have everything go 100% according to plan, not only from a narrative sense, but just like mechanically, we won't advance if we keep succeeding. So I just like that how that mechanic adds to like, uh, just the way that you play and how how you engage with failure uh, from an out of game perspective.
1: Uh, one of my favorite things that uh, like episode types that you you played with Lee was the beach episode, and uh, that's probably like one of the ones that you prepared the least for. But I think giving the characters like a moment to breathe and a moment where like we knew nothing bad was going to happen and we could like Mm. catch up with NPCs, have some important conversations and just like riff a little bit was like perfectly timed. And uh, it got to end with a stinger, which was fun. So Uh, I liked that episode.
6: I think just in general, the interludes gave us like, it made it so narratively like during when we're focusing on a mystery, it made it so that we didn't have to focus on all like the, the character aspects. You could focus on the plot that's like important to it. And if character stuff's important, you can deal with it. But like the interludes gave you like the knowledge that like you could still deal with those character beats after the mystery. Like having the, knowing that we'd have that touchstone between mysteries to just sort of like check in on our characters or explore some extra part of their character took a lot of weight off the mysteries to do that heavy lifting too.
1: For sure. And it took away like competition for screen time like i don't need to fight for like to drop this lore piece because like Mm -hmm. at some point i'll have an interlude to like do it It was really handy
3: Uh, kind of funny because outside of actual plays i would never do that Uh, or i I would be it'd be hard pressed to do interludes if only because uh I, i tend to run my regular games like home like way faster but because mm-hmm. this is so story driven and and uh, mm-hmm. like requires like if you're going to listen to this, you want to know everybody. You want to get a, know everyone on a really really deep level, and it's less of a game for you. It's more of a story or, or like a like a TV show for sure. You gotta you gotta give everyone their spotlight episodes.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: what had you Did asked any- us, Ronnie, that I like interrupted? Um
0: I don't think I had asked you anything. I was getting ready to like wrap up, but Oh.
3: I have one question for Ronnie, which is what was yeah. the worst thing to edit or add effects to? Did we ever have like an incredibly busy scene or uh just we were awful <laughs> in terms of no
0: cuz anytime manage. there was like an incredibly busy scene it was balanced with more of like a planning scene where it was just like music in the background and i could kind of like take take the week off uh mostly um <laughs> followed by um t- putting people in a room with cracking doll faces and and giggling children's laughter um that that was rough I'm, I'm, I'm I never think scared. about Roddy when I'm adding stories. No, stuff. no, and you shouldn't. Just, just let it roll. But like the, the, um, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who like would never ever go into a haunted house, uh, whether it's like a real haunted house or like a you know roadside attraction haunted house. But I wouldn't mind like being an actor at one. I don't mm-hmm. mind like putting on the show. And so it's like it's it's the exact kind of horror that I'm comfortable with. That I'm I'm in somewhat of control because otherwise. Oh, big old scaredy cat! Um, <laughs> so even listening to these episodes, knowing like the behind the curtain stuff um, was 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 better than anything. Um, no, I mean there's there's everything. I don't want to say it became formulaic, but I definitely developed like a system for mm-hmm. things, and you know, marking the the clips and making sure that I I kind of like had an idea in my head of what I wanted to. It, it would be funny to release some of the um like lists of sounds like it wouldn't be like the sounds that you would request or, or or the sounds that would like be uh pertinent to the situation it would be what i think i would have to search in order to get those so like child chewing apple or um you know a lot of a lot of uh running through mud or or um you know general general things like that foot footsteps were always i tried to to do a very cinematic thing of like no one wants to hear 15 minutes of walking through mud so i would like establish the walking through mud and then your brain would just continue it um but there were some moments where it's like and you still hear the footsteps i'm like damn it lee no you don't you wouldn't hear those anymore
2: (laughs) Um, there
0: there were more than a couple times where it's like damn it damn it lee one more another another one of these Another thing like yeah. this, um, it would, it would, and it would always be Lee. It would never the the, the players perfect uh, players did everything <laughs> just just well enough. Lee would always add in some little uh, stinger that, that made, it, made you feel like you were like you know a real good narrative storyteller or something. But it would just piss me off.
2: Um,
0: no, everything everything was 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 so good and so the the um, you know descriptive nature of your storytelling um whether i that's something i've always since episode 1 have been like very marveling at um just like the the level of detail the level of attention um the way that it is so because we, as we've worked on other things before like i know like kind of your your cadence in the way of, of speaking but this is so specific to good neighbors and so specific to constance or Chalamet or whatever and and it it it's just really of a piece which i think like keeps everything very cohesive and and uh you know immersive
1: so collaborative too yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: for sure i have one I... more question
3: for my crew if uh oh, you guys are into do it do it. but if andy you it looks like you want to say something before that
1: I, I was gonna say I had one more question for everyone. I know we're trying to wrap, but uh, I don't want to say goodbye to these characters.
6: Yeah, hey, this is the last. But uh, I was gonna events. say,
1: can can everyone say their favorite arc? Ooh.
5: I know that it's kind of a it feels like a cop out to me, but I think it's the James Pale arc. Uh, it was just so intense. I think there was something for me as a player, as the like jumping the line and being like, yeah, we're going to fight this kind of end of uh, end game villain now. Uh, the, the feeling of danger and the stakes because he was, you know, terrorizing June specifically. Like, yeah. I, I think it's a James Pale arc. It just hits.
4: So to listen to the train episode was my favorite to listen to. To play, it's a toss-up between the James Pale arc because it felt so dangerous, and the Baron arc because it was the moment that I felt like where the fucking heroes get out of our way. Hmm. So right. I am at a I am at a toss-up as far as a player between those two uh, those two deep ends of the pool, so to speak.
6: I'm going to say that I really liked the motel episode. I felt like there was just such a mystery to solve there. And it just felt like the whole time I was like really really invested in like because there was the, the there were just components to it that were like layered that I don't know. I, I was just captivated by that episode tonally and from a plot standpoint. I think the James Pale one it was really cool cuz that felt like the first arc that was like really intensely personal. Like that was the first time we were dealing with like a, a, an enemy that was sort of like known to us as far as I remember. So that was really powerful. I just, I think the motel arc was where I like really fell in love with sort of everything about this place.
1: Yeah. I feel like the gators is where we got our footing and then the motel one is where we like shined, like we leveled up there as collaborators. Um, for me, uh, from the episode where the gang confronts June up through the beach episode, that is, like, my favorite chunk of Good Neighbors. Um, and, like, part of that is selfish in that, like, that's that's June's arc. Um, but part of it is also, like, it was very therapeutic for me to, like, play through that shit. Uh, like, James represents a lot of, like, very personal trauma to me. And so to, like get to defeat it and like have the the characters be like no we love you and we value you and you're important to us like i was crying like constantly after recording episodes and oh. then like listening through it it was really important to me uh i love that shit and i love you guys um so probably the james pale saga is very selfishly my answer for favorite <laughs> um lee and ronnie do you guys have a favorite arc?
0: I like the um, Where Gator arc. Um, really? For yeah, I, I there's so much that's established there that mm. um, comes back frequently, like the Water Department, um, like like Lewis Steele, so um, like uh, the the buses, and 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 all of the like Grand Theft Auto that that is just so uh, easily committed um, to, like just like the the there's so much that's established that comes back that you can tell it's like very um, in keeping with the characters because it just keeps coming back and it keeps like fitting in and it it doesn't feel like, Oh, we're just trying to like rehash stuff here. It, it, it it really was a lot of you um, getting settled into your characters, getting it settled into the relationships between um, the characters and the players as role players. Um, I remember where I was, editing so much of it and it just it felt like you know that really getting off the ground I, I started doing i remember the first time that i was like hey i'm gonna put a filter over someone's voice when we're on the, on the phone it's gonna be it's gonna be revolutionary and and, <laughs> and i won't do anything else but like that's enough for now and it uh, it was not enough i had to do more and more and more um and uh yeah i just i i, I like that that concept that um you know very simplistic there's there's where gators we got to stop them let's poison the entire ocean um yeah. was just <laughs> was just a good a good way to like set up what we're dealing with here <laughs> yeah i don't know if the message in that one was that great <laughs> sure i mean go for it
1: <laughs> i think i called us captain planet villains yeah. while we were discussing our
0: yeah.
2: game plan yes you
0: did that's great um yeah. I
3: I was more prepared for the motel arc than any of the other sessions. I don't know why. I just, like, had a fever dream, like, from for, like, two straight hours where I'm like, I know all of the pieces to everything. <laughs> and I wrote it all down really, really fast. And it all, it all just clicked. And so when we were playing, I didn't really have to, like, do a lot of off-the-cuff stuff because I just kind of knew how things worked. Uh, I'm a firm believer in, like, I I mean I'm a pretty bad planner I would say but I when I when you do plan well uh and you give yourself loose pieces to build off of it made the whole thing so much easier and then things felt like foreshadowing things felt like uh something I set up you know paid off and um so it was the least stressful to GM uh and I think that's why I I like it the most uh,
6: <laughs> hmm. I I also I liked that it was like in a setting like it was really satisfying to be able to like explore the motel and like i like i loved the gator arc and i loved a a lot of the other arcs where we like jumped from place to place but i just had a i think there was a a wonder that i had at being able to be like we're just in the motel on motel grounds and like we can learn about what how this thing goes and and the more we know about this place the more we'll be able to know about the thing so I just really like being isolated. And I think that's why I really like the train one too. Is like having that like that sort of isolation within within the episode helped me feel like yeah. there was like
3: I, I think without thinking th- that was like a for me a way to kind of contain things. Just because the obviously the first two arcs had been kind of loose, loosey goosey all over the city. You can do whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, it giving I get you know giving yourself like a way to be like okay. Don't you don't have to? You don't give a shit what anyone else is doing anywhere else. You don't have to think about it. You can just think about what they're doing here. It's nice. Can I hit you with the one last question? I think we get
0: out of here. Let's do it.
3: Is there a, a subplot that you feel like your character that you wanted to have for your character that you didn't have, like a romantic subplot or a vengeance subplot or something like that? Did you want a kiss? <laughs> did we need? Do we need a sex scene in the next episode? <laughs> oh,
6: no. There was originally like uh, we had talked about Cassius going through like because he hadn't he had no magical experience before the show, like before the events of this thing, except for Gert. Gert was like his only experience with it. So we talked a lot about him, like trying desperately to find ways to rationalize it. So like him going around and trying on different like cults and seeing how they fit. And I think that like, we never really explored him like going around and doing like, I'm going to go into this cult and slowly expose how they're frauds and like how he like had that disillusionment with every cult. I think that was a really fun concept that we didn't get to play with as much. I see why we did not I think just cause it was like, it would have taken a lot of time, but I just, I still love that concept of like Cassius going into all of these cults being like, finally something to explain it. And then just slowly realizing how they used all the same like tricks of the trade that he had. Mm-hmm.
4: I've really wanted Flint and Chuck to spend a little more time together because I kind of wanted them to eventually like go on like a dad adventure where they just like go fishing and be old
3: dads together. <laughs> yeah, I I actually fully planned to kill Chuck in the beginning, uh, but when you were gonna die, I was like, I can't have two dads die. It's gonna play the same exact note.
2: <laughs> yeah. June had
1: such a crush on Jack. Ugh.
3: yeah? How could
5: you not? I guess
3: I did I knew that, yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: for June, uh it's gotta be two socks. So yeah. June had seen Gators before, and like that was talked about in the wear Gator arc, and then in the one flashback we did to like the devil's like fighting invisible monsters and stuff oh, yeah. and getting their butts kicked. Like we see two socks get like fucked up and I, game. I fully thought two socks was going to be one of the characters who came back when I used luck and we were going to have to like deal with it. Um, didn't happen. Uh, I am writing, something uh that i think i'll release at some point but it's called uh, a deal with the devils and it's going to be uh an adventure that if you want to have your game take place in constance you can uh rescue two socks from uh like government captivity
2: that sounds awesome uh, with
1: your heroes
3: two socks is a massive exposure risk
1: uh but yeah, uh they were a character who got turned into a weregator who were part of the the Devils. I think and I got they got, I had they a got lot referenced of... a lot.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I had actually fully forgotten about that when I wrote the Wear <laughs> 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 And then you mentioned it in like the initial play. I was like, oh fuck. And I poured back through my notes. And then it was like, ah oh, well I gotta include this now.
5: I had a bunch of random little details about Beck because I guess it just helps you think of them more as like a person uh, but I think out of the players I plan the least or or I build the least solid backstory uh, so for the most part I think Beck was just pretty freewheeling and uh, I, I don't think there was really any specific subplot that I was gunning for that didn't pay off. Just there here for are. a good time. <laughs> I just wanna hang out with me, friends.
3: Okay. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. No romance <laughs> next next season.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: Full penetration, please. I <laughs> Oh you can't just say that on air. <laughs>
3: Oh, that Whoa. physically hurt me.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't get a little, like, wet-ass P-word in this podcast? Come on. Between the panels.
1: Between the panels. Between the panels.
4: I heard between the battles, and I thought you were implying that every interlude is just going to be uh, the sounds of wet meat slapping. Hmm.
2: Ooh. Yeah, it's
6: called a ho-dag, not a virtuous dag. <laughs> yeah,
1: we we literally had a sex scene happen on air between the ho-dag and yeah. Cassius. Like yeah. that was uh, so raunchy. I Very yeah, I,
3: I had a I, I thought the ho-dag was so cool. <laughs> Every time <laughs> I'd said anything,
1: they are cool and uh, sort of <laughs> flirty. We could have had June on on screen, fuck those five dudes on, at the beach party, and it would have been less graphic than <laughs> <catches> <laughs> a
0: I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a, that's <laughs> a gratified to at least wrap up on. I'm going to real quick uh, read out um, the names of all of our wonderful people that asked this question. Gnome, Steve Jobs, trans artist of the day, Jackson from Portland, Holly, Greg Z, jackie daytona chicken dance ligma balls um (laughs) got him Uh, you put so much sauce on that yeah well they they used some z's in there i had to i had to hit the z's uh jack adam bovey uh the anonymous collective uh we did get a question from skater gator good to have them on the team Uh, we did not read a question from amelia amelia is at am underscore r-i-d-z underscore music on twitter uh jake alice kira ben and sarah thank you all so much for writing in thank you for uh being listeners thank you for voting uh for good neighbors in the Audioverse awards and and voting for andy uh to to be specifically uh awarded for, for for their portrayal in the Audioverse awards thank you to our patreon subscribers thank you to uh everyone who's like excited and and waited on bated breath for season two uh i imagine we just keep keep it keep it plugged to the twitter and uh we'll, we'll get more info on that when it's available
1: yeah sure and thank you ronnie yeah thank you ronnie thank you, ronnie. Thank you, ronnie. Ronnie. <laughs> ronnie is there anything you want to plug while you're here uh no
0: just check out where they may radio um the, you you heard a ton of stuff here that's uh going to be hitting that Patreon this is a perfect time to jump on board like Andy said hop on for $2 and uh you can see everything that's there and then next month just do it again and then the next month do it again and there, there's there's going to be enough stuff coming that you might as well just give us $2 in perpetuity um
1: in the immediate future i think we're getting beck uh beck's character bible so we are getting exciting.
0: beck's character bible um Sounds like we're we're gonna do some stuff with uh, Andy's a, an extension of Andy's character bible with a a uh, alternate universe some stuff from Soren uh, some more stuff from from the whole team it's it's uh it's gonna be uh, a major I'm gonna insist upon it being a major part of season two so you are not gonna want to miss out there hop over to uh, Patreon.com slash radio. check out Ending Pending check out Force Friends rewatch check out uh fan fiction is good actually um and i i swan to john there's a musical theater podcast coming soon um as soon as i figure out how to like take care of two children at the same time uh it's happening so so Um, keep it plugged there i'm sorry what musical theater podcast you ever need a guest you ever need a guest let me know uh Uh, you as
3: actors or
0: it's uh, so, so let me let me, musical music and lyrics by is a is a podcast where we uh, write a uh, jukebox musical uh, live right right on the podcast using <laughs> the artist uh, music from an, a specific artist genre or album. And uh, we just we just make a just headcanon our own little world around it. And it's a ton of fun. Oh, uh, yeah. And I definitely need guests. So so hop in there and, and that you'll make it happen even sooner. Let me know anytime. Yep, yep, you got it. You
3: Dips got it. It's on Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino by the Arctic Monkeys. It's, it, oh. it's
5: already it. a concept album.
3: I know. <laughs> it's it's a musical
0: for me specifically. <laughs> uh, but for sure, just check out where they made um, There's merch there. Maybe we'll get some merch up there. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I'm I'm like super close to just saying uh, forget finding a real artist to do uh our lobster king restaurant shirt i i
6: honestly think you nailed it
1: first time (laughs) i think you nailed it
6: on the first try who knows
0: we have
1: some great shirt ideas we just need an artist
0: yeah yeah uh and we need lots of money to pay that artist so patreon.com slash wtm (laughs) radio uh get it there um thank you all for uh an amazing season one can't wait for season two uh, and we will catch you on the road. Because that's what Lee said season two. Like <laughs> uh, room, vroom, baby. I get it. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Love the long pause. Bye. Uh, Bye.